Just before we get started with the show, we'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which these podcasts were produced and pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and the Aboriginal elders who may be listening today. We'd also like to acknowledge those of us with a lived experience of mental illness or suicide and the important role people play in supporting their loved ones and colleagues. We've all been through a time of disruption and upheaval to our work and our working lives. As we move forward, it's important to be aware of and reflect on what leadership in workplace mental health and well-being can be during challenging times. I'm Mark Dean and welcome to Leading Through Change. On our first episode of the show, I'm talking with one of the most recognisable names in the performing arts sector. Claire Spencer has spent nearly 12 years at the Sydney Opera House before becoming the CEO of the Arts Centre Melbourne in 2014. An organisation employing over 1,000 people, Claire has steered it through a major restructure to better position it for the future. In her time at the Arts Centre, Claire has also spearheaded the creation of the Arts Wellbeing Collective, designed to offer wellbeing support to those in the performing arts sector. For this, Claire has been nominated for the 2020 Australian Mental Health Prize. Claire is a member of Chief Executive Women, an organisation representing senior women leaders across the country and is also on the Executive Council of Live Performance Australia, the peak body entrusted with the sustainability of Australia's live performance industry. And if all that wasn't enough, in 2020, she was awarded an Order of Australia for her services to the community and the performing arts industry. And I'm just thrilled to be chatting with her today. Claire, welcome. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. It's a, it's a real pleasure to join you. Well, gosh, it's been a really interesting time of unprecedented change and uncertainty, Claire. You haven't been without some of those experiences throughout your career, have you? Can you tell us a little bit about your experience lately in working with people through this really interesting period? Perhaps a little bit about what the Arts Centre Melbourne has been up to? Yes, look, that words like unprecedented and crisis and, and trauma are ones that have been very much part of my vocabulary since the crisis hit earlier this year. And it's interesting sort of to reflect back on, on that time. When, when you're in the moment, I think you don't always realise how enormous the situation is that, that you're going through. And, you know, I, I remember vividly, it's six months, almost six months to the day that we took the decision to to close the art center ahead of any instruction to do so and you know that's a big call that's a big call to make when you're operating in a context when you don't have all the information you don't know which direction the policy is going to go in and where the direction is going to come from and when it's going to come and so we really made the decision based on our own values and the role that we feel that we should absolutely play in the community as a leader. And so taking that decision right at the beginning was utterly 
terrifying. And I think, you know, then there were many people involved in that decision. It certainly wasn't my decision alone. But, you know, you can see people processing what what's in front of them and, and trying to draw on all the experiences you've had over your life and and over your career to to make the right decision in that moment. But there's no there's no handbook for it. There's no manual. And I can tell you that because I spent the first two weeks looking for it. And, <laughs> you know, you really are, you're, you're running off your wits. And that was the case for many people in, in the live performance sector, not just at the Arts Centre, but across the board. It was one of the industries that was first impacted. So we were first into the crisis and we think we're also going to be last out. So it's, uh, yeah, it's certainly been a, a six months of ups and downs. Extraordinary times for you. And Claire, I wonder, what can you share with us in terms of the future in the way that you'd be approaching looking for growth opportunities if if and when life will return to some kind of normalcy? Yeah, look, it's the it, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? What comes next? And I think for the live performance sector, and there's someone who works within it, that's something a lot of us are really deeply pondering at the moment. And for the art centre, we have the a great privilege of being the state of Victoria's performing arts centre. And with that privilege comes great responsibility. And I think it would be a mistake for us to just sort of, you know, batten down the hatches and oh, we'll, we'll just wait until we can reopen and then everything can snap back to normal. And I think the first big step for us is acknowledging that that's unlikely to happen. It seems that our industry is going to be impacted in some way and our audiences are going to be impacted by this experience. And we have to recognize that. And it's also an opportunity, I think, to stop and say, well, were we really happy with how things were before? This crisis has exposed a lot of fault lines in in the live performance sector in terms of high levels of casualization of the workforce. And those people have really suffered during this period of closure. And that's weighed very heavily on a lot of leaders in this sector. So I think it's about stopping and saying, well, there's opportunity in this. There really is. There's opportunity to resolve some of those challenges and to come out of this crisis, albeit looking different, but still relevant and important to the cultural life of Victoria. Claire, you've also been integral in the arts and wellbeing collective. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? I would love to. Um, So we started the Arts Wellbeing Collective back in 2016. We first had the idea, actually, in in response to some very concerning data about mental health issues in the live performance sector. And the research, it was university research, actually, demonstrated that the live performance industry is not a great sector to work in in terms of mental health outcomes. So workers uh, in the sector skew above averages for all of your mental health indicators, depression, anxiety, suicide, suicide ideation. So we realised there was a real problem. And we looked first to ourselves, to to the Arts Centre as an organisation about what we should do. And we came up with this idea of, of trying to do something that wasn't just responsive to people who may be experiencing mental health issues, but that was more about mental wellness. So what um, changes could we affect in, in individuals, in their working environment, and indeed across the sector that might improve mental health outcomes? You know, we started that actively in 2017 and 
when when we brought the first framework together, we looked at it and said, gosh, this is something the sector needs, not just Art Centre Melbourne, thinking we'd get, you know, maybe 10, 15 organisations join us. Well, we're now at well over 300 and the reach of the collective is is international. Yeah, interesting. And is it open to anyone, any organisations that are looking for information? Absolutely. So a very important part of the collective is that it's free to access for organisations and individuals. So you can find all the information on the Arts Wellbeing website and there is uh, access access to helplines uh, which are manned by psychologists with experience in the live performance sector. So you don't spend the first 20 minutes explaining what a stage manager (laughs) does. That's up and running. We do that in partnership with Support Act, which has been a great collaboration. But there's also a lot of resources that we've developed over time that people People can digest at their own pace. So please take the opportunity if you work in the live performance sector to access those those services. It's absolutely free. Um, and as you say, for leaders, managers, organisations, and individuals, absolutely. There's some. There's something for everyone. You know, we we can all use the the help and advice at the moment. So that's what it's there for. The work Claire has done with the Arts Wellbeing Collective shows that not only is she a leader within her own organisation, but also of the entire performing arts sector. And while Claire has been busy providing opportunities for connection and support for anyone across the sector, she's also been the leader her staff have needed at this moment. Because perhaps rather than leading, Claire has been walking with her staff through the ups and downs of the crisis. She is open and vulnerable, able to form deep bonds with her people, established on honesty and authenticity. Claire, the value of positive social connections and inclusion just seems to be such a really important thread for you. And I think it's wonderful just to reflect on the amount of conversations that you've envisaged people having, you know, in order to build their their positive social connections, in order to consult and include others and seek support when it's needed, I gather. To me, you've just described not just my leadership and my team's leadership, but you've described the Arts Centre. And it's that sense of purpose that we have around human connection, human experience and and sharing that experience with others. That's what drives us. You know, the place of, of live performance is not to be underestimated. And we're certainly very determined and very focused to, to bring those experience back to the community in a safe way, of course, as soon as we're able, but also to play our part in challenging perhaps previous ideas of leadership and what it takes to be a good leader and to really live and demonstrate that there can be other ways. We found our path and, um, you know, hopefully others might be inspired by that. It's certainly a story that we're very happy to share and hopefully to, you know, really give some lived examples as to how things can be different. You've got an incredible optimism, Claire. Where does that come from? Oh, look, I think I've always probably been a bit of a of an optimist. I love to always think that myself as an individual, but also the art centre can make have a really positive impact on the community that we're here to serve. So I think that's kind of inherent in how we work. But it's become so apparent during this last six months that people need hope. 
they need hope and something to look forward to. Yeah, and uh, we have, I've got a terrific example actually of a project that started off as something deeply unglamorous, but has turned into this sort of symbol of optimism oh, and hope, which do is, tell. oh, well, in, in a theatre, the, the main piece of uh, theatre equipment that you'll come across is, is called the flying system. Oh, and it's, yeah. uh, it literally flies in bits of scenery and the lighting for a production hangs off it. It's the workhorse of a theatre. And uh, we're replacing the the flying system in the state theatre because the old one's been in there since the 80s. It's worn out. And this is a substantial project and it's taken on. It, it, it was due to be starting in the next couple of weeks, but as the theatre was closed, we started early. So we took the opportunity to do something a bit different. And so this now has become a symbol of great hope for the team at at the Arts Centre in particular because we're investing in our theatre because our belief that we will return to live performance is so strong and, and we're taking the whole team on the journey. So you're really including them there and that must be in many respects a really strong protective factor for your people who no doubt get a lot of purpose and meaning out of what you're doing, both in terms of the cause that you serve in the community but also in terms of their work right now. So what other ways, Claire, have you been looking after your team's headspace and perhaps their sense of meaning or purpose? Absolutely. That's been a a big focus for us is how do we keep the team well in every sense of the word and it's not been easy for for many of them they haven't had paid work with us since March so it's been a really challenging situation but what we've tried to do is keep people connected so through written communication we do a an all-team broadcast every week where you know I'll talk a little bit about what's going on and then we'll have an external special guest in we had the governor come you know a couple of weeks ago and then leaders from across the sector and then we'll profile someone internally who's working on our response and recovery plan so we try and give people uh, a view as to what's going on internally so they have confidence that you know Arts Centre Melbourne is still very much alive and well it looks different we're working differently but we've still got a purpose and we've still got a relevance to the community and then we give them a context about what's going on in the sector more broadly because you know the performing arts sector is a very integrated industry and all of our fates are kind of entwined so we want to remind people that they're part of something much bigger than just the art center but I think it's about giving people the opportunity to perhaps see something about the art center that they may not have realized before because we're so busy you know whenever when we're open we're pumping shows through all of our venues uh, most nights and it's a hard place to stop and showcase what different parts of the organisation do. So it's been an important time to do that. And also bringing different teams together to work together, perhaps when they don't do that, when we're in a physically connected environment. And I suppose they have a little bit more headspace to be thinking about the why, why the strategy behind what they're doing, what the role means, as opposed to just being in Know that, as you say, that kind of hyper state of delivery that happens when the show's on. Can you share any strategies about bringing people together and including them in the discussion about their health and well-being? I think. Oh gosh, I'm always I, I'm always self conscious giving advice to other leaders, but I'll I'll <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll do my best. That's very humble. I, I think the thing I would say is own it yourself as the leader. 
don't let it be just a token thing that you do because HR have told you you need to or your board have told you you need to. Really own it and share your experience. Be prepared to be vulnerable. Tell people if you've, you know, if you've had a bad week and and why and what you've done about it. And I, I my experience at the Art Centre is that I'm never judged for that. I never feel that people look at me as if I'm weak. I think there's an acknowledgement that, my goodness, yeah, we are all in this together and it's really tough. Whatever your role is, it's really tough. And then I think being open about some of the strategies that you've taken for your own well-being. So I've um, got into the habit of trying to take a day off a fortnight. Uh, My Ah. objective is to come out of this with the same leave balance that I went into it with. (laughs) Well, there's not really anywhere to go at the moment, is there? I know, uh, but I but I think that's putting people off taking leave. To be honest, and you know, yes. So they're banking it up, thinking, well, I, once I can go somewhere, I'll I'll go I'll away go. for six weeks. But I guess in the meantime, no doubt this has been an incredibly depletive time in terms of energy levels, and yes. you're bringing this back to role modelling, aren't you? And also demonstrating, I think, with some integrity and authenticity here, that you're prepared to do it for yourself. So in talking about vulnerability and creating that space for others as well, you're encouraging that dialogue and perhaps some action too? Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, my executive team have all done the same. And we're all very public about the fact when we're not going to be there. You know, I will have one of my team will act as the CEO on the day I'm not there. And I think, you know, it's it's encouraging others to do the same. And the other the other little thing that I've done as part of my immediate team, can't do it with all 1000 Arts Centre Melbourne employees, but certainly with my with my executive. Before we start every weekly um, check in that we have, we we pick two words to say how we're feeling. Ah. And it's it's such a simple thing, but it has been so profound because you get an instant snapshot of where everyone is, who in the team is struggling, who might need a little bit of extra support and, um, you know, care that week. Right. So these could be words across the whole spectrum. It can be, I'm exhausted and frightened. It can be, I'm energized and determined. It can be, I'm excited, but I'm approaching this with trepidation. And it really just gives you a, that is that really quick snapshot into where people are at. And it's an acknowledgement that we're all people and, you know, we are going to have ups and downs and that's fine. You know, you don't have to be a machine. And in fact, being a machine is is probably the worst thing to be at the moment. So, yeah, we just try to hang on to each other as best we can and and lead our teams in, in the same way. So, yeah, it's I think my leadership certainly will be changed by this forever. And I think, you know, many of my immediate team are feeling the same. It's, uh, yeah, I certainly can't imagine working with another team as, as deeply and closely as this one. I think once you've been through a, once you've been through a crisis like this together, you, it's, it's a very deep bond that gets established. Being human and coping with change and uncertainty can be difficult, but Claire wants everyone at the Art Centre to accept that. Through this, mental health and well-being challenges become normalised and optimism spreads. But what of Claire herself? The old adage, practice what you preach, is perhaps a little trite in this day and age, but the sentiment still rings true. 
and purely from a practical standpoint, a leader who prioritises their own well-being will no doubt be more effective in their vocation. Can you tell us a little bit more about your own role modelling? Because you've done that quite a bit, haven't you, to look after your own energy levels during this period? Yeah, Mark, I, I actually really have by by necessity, actually. So the first, you know, during the first lockdown, I think I, I took the same approach that I've done throughout my life when faced with a problem is to just work really hard to get out of it. And I realized sort of by the middle of June that I was just fried. I was completely exhausted. I wasn't sleeping well. You know, I was, some of my relationships were starting to suffer. I was quite ratty. And, you know, this was June. And I thought, oh my goodness, I am not going to make this unless I take some really serious steps. And I, I'm a kind of all or nothing person. So I I threw myself into taking better care of myself as a bit of a project. And mm. and the, the biggest Good. thing for me was giving up alcohol. So uh, It's a very social is, business you're in, isn't it? It's a very, yeah. very social business. And, you know, all of our key moments are generally are marked by alcohol. So it's all, it's been a very big part of my life. And, um, Um, I just got to June and I thought something really has to change here. And so I just decided to stop drinking. Just like that. I just like that. (laughs) What was the impact? Did you or have you noticed any difference in terms of your energy levels or or your sleeping? What kinds of impacts have you seen? Absolutely. And 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 without wanting to, you know, preach or or become one of those tedious people who who've given up drinking, I, I do have to say the benefits have been immeasurable. And my sleep has improved beyond recognition. So I'm now at least eight hours a night, sometimes nine. And I'm much more aware of when my body needs rest. Whereas I think before I would just, you know, I'd just push through. I'd, I'd just keep going and, and and the fatigue would become sort of overwhelming. And I also gave up coffee at the same time. <laughs> well, the two are strange bedfellows, aren't they? They are indeed. So I had a, the most shocking headache for, for a, a couple of weeks. But, but once that had passed, really, it's, it has been a life changer. And it, I feel now I'm much calmer. My decision making's much better. I'm much more conscious of my relationships with those around me and how my attitude can impact that. And yeah, I just feel I'm bringing my best self. And, you know, that means my best self to the art centre and the and the sector that we're, we're part of. And I think, gosh, if that's what's needed at the moment, then that's what's absolutely appropriate. I like that message, bringing your best self. And further to that, I believe you've been making the most of what you can do by way of exercise and obviously keeping up your positive social connections. Yes, absolutely. So I think, you know, exercise has become a precious commodity under the stage four lockdowns and something I've done much more consciously than, and much more frequently than, than I've, I've done in the past. And, you know, working in live performance, the hours are very unusual. You know, you don't work a regular nine to five. And so fitting in a regular exercise regime is, I've always found really challenging. But now that there are no opening nights, there are no, you know, performances to go to or meetings to attend, I'm working a regular a regular day. By that, I mean sort of office hours. Um, so I go out at the end of the day and I, I walk my dogs and I get up first thing in the morning and I, I take them out. And that's become very much part of my well-being regime. 
quite how I'll integrate those into a, you know, a live performance working life. I'm not sure yet, but there are certainly elements that have now become very deep habits and well ingrained habits that I would hope very much to be able to carry forward. I I was laughing with a girlfriend the other day. I don't think I've taken this much care of myself since I was pregnant with my first child, who's now 17. (laughs) And, um, you know, you realize a little bit of energy and focus on yourself while in the moment you can feel like oh gosh I'm being really selfish I should be you know reading with my nine-year-old not going out for a walk I've actually realized now doing it for a few months that I am a much better parent I'm a much better wife I think you've got um, so much more I, to give more, I've more just energy got so yeah. much more to give and I've become a little addicted to this feeling and I don't want to lose there's that. a real motivation there isn't there to take it forward there so really is you've got that combination of habit and motivation yeah. all working in your favour, that's clear. Yes. So just touching upon that message, I guess you know, being kind to yourself and being a little bit gentle with yourself, any final tips you could give to some leaders who are perhaps approaching this with a heavy heart or perhaps a little bit of a self-critical lens? I think find people you trust and connect with them perhaps in a way that you haven't done before. I feel really blessed that I've I've got an executive team who are fantastic. I have a really supportive board who have been nothing but encouraging and supportive around self-care and mental health through this time. And then also other leaders. So I think, you know, being a leader at the moment is particularly hard. I think there is an enormous responsibility on all of our shoulders and this has been going on for a really long time and it's okay to feel tired. It's okay to feel overwhelmed by it all. Just check in with other people, start a conversation, ask how they are and it's extraordinary sort of where that conversation can take you. But I think it's recognising the enormity of what we're all going through as, as human beings and taking some steps to address the depth of that experience. So some realistic, accurate thinking coupled with a whole lot of optimism there. That seems to be also driven by your energy levels and all the inputs that you've consciously had and the balance that you've been able to achieve. You know, that, that's clear. Well done. I'm really delighted we've had this chat and really pleased to hear you taking some time out once a fortnight to look after yourself and doing some great role modelling there too, Claire. No doubt that'll augur really well for a very good long-term result. Claire Spencer, the CEO of the Arts Centre Melbourne, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mark, for having me. I've really enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to welcoming you back to the Arts Centre as soon as we can, Mark. Thanks so much for having me. can't wait for that. (laughs) Thanks very much, Claire. Thank you. That was Claire Spencer, Member of the Order of Australia and CEO of the Arts Centre Melbourne. Certainly some of the key takeaway messages for me were on the value of social connections, the necessity of maintaining balance as a leader including others in your journey, and the vital importance of self-care and exercise. The Arts Wellbeing Collective Claire spoke about is supported by WorkSafe's WorkWell Mental Health Improvement Fund. You can access more information about this, including WorkWell's suite of resources, from their website. We'll pop the links into the show notes. Leading Through Change is a production of the Victorian Workplace Mental Wellbeing Collaboration, including WorkSafe, Superfriend and VicHealth, 
who are committed to promoting leadership of positive workplace cultures. Please join me on the next episode of Leading Through Change, when I'll sit down with Nick Moratis, CEO of the Foundation for Young Australians. Together, we'll focus on strong leadership qualities like purpose, inclusion, clarity of vision, and humility. I'm Mark Dean. Bye for now.